Now, I also want to spank. spank <laughs> I also want. <laughs> Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Cable and Lindsay Williams. Hello, hello, language lovers. Frohes neues Jahr. Happy New Year. Bon année. Feliz nuevo año and blue de Navidad. Welcome to episode 72, the first creative language learning podcast of 2018. <laughs> As you can hear, this is a solo episode. This is Kirsten from fluentlanguage.co.uk and I'm going to be talking to you solo today. I am recording this on New Year's Eve, so just before slipping into the new year um, and literally slipping, as in German we call it Guten Rutsch, have a good slide into the new year before watching my first episode of Dinner for One. If you don't know what that is, go on YouTube, check it out. And I'll be sharing my highlights and my lessons of the year and just a few clues about what's next. Lindsay is right now in Costa Rica and will be back, of course, as a co-host in 2018. But more of that soon. So before I get started, I just want to tell you about a language learning app that I have been using a lot recently. Uh, a lot of language learning apps out there are sort of the ones that we open and then close and then forget about. They might even have a good system, but they, they can be so boring that you can't even remember when you last opened them. Or maybe they have a great game and you kind of keep feeling entertained, but you're not actually learning anything and you just get very comfortable with, with nothing new added. But if you want a language learning app that delivers and keeps you hooked, I recommend our sponsor for the Creative Language Learning Podcast, Closemaster. Learning with Closemaster is fun, addictive, and it's free. And it is open to a big, big range of language learners. I think that's really important because they support over 50 languages. And that's a huge amount. Lindsay and I have often been excited that we found our own target languages on there. And we know that you know that with when you're learning Welsh and when you're learning Guarani, there's kind of a smaller selection of materials out there to use. I've recently been using Closemaster as well to practice my Espanol, my Spanish, and I used French as a base language. So it allows me to use French and learn Spanish from French. And instantly I noticed that my confidence and my memory in Spanish had sort of been boosted. There are over 190 possible language combinations in Closemaster. You can work with more than one language at once. So it's really good for all of you guys who are trying to be a polyglot and sort of learning more than one language at once. Also, Closemaster comes with iPhone and Android apps. It's completely free to try. So you can learn anytime and anywhere and you're not risking anything by going there. If you want to get a video with special tips from me where I'm guiding you around how I'm using Closemaster and maybe a few settings that you hadn't found in the app by yourself, go to Closemaster. That's with a Z. So close, C-L-O-Z-E, master.com slash C-L-L-P. And that also shows the... Closemaster people, <laughs> Closemaster folks, that you're supporting our show. Thank you very much, guys. And let's get into what was special, what was new in 2017. I actually want to start with a few lessons and a few things that I think I learned, I observed, and I saw. 2017 was a year that I started out not sure 
if fluent language is the the way forward for me. I, I didn't. I wasn't sure if if I still had even a lot to say. And in the process of wanting to learn more about language learning, because I wanted, I didn't want to share more necessarily, but I wanted to learn more. In the process of that, in the year before 2016, I started taking out new books, looking into academic research and learning more about how people learn languages and how that has been studied in academic circles. And all that new knowledge combined with a few very interesting insights from more modern, more contemporary thinkers, perhaps, or more popular thinkers, you know, in the popular science sort of area, like Gretchen Rubin, those kind of combined to feel, making me feel more motivated, making me really want to try and incorporate all the new things that I had learned into my own practice. So what I started doing was kind of using my own resources. I started bullet journaling. So I started using my bullet journal and working through the best practices that I'd been reading about. And it gave me a whole new refreshed insight. And that was a fantastic start into the new year. So having started out with, I don't know if fluent is the way forward, I came into a conclusion of discovering what, what I call the, the language habit formula, sort of finding these best practices and finding new ways of expressing them and giving you guys tools, sharing with you guys tools and tips that I think were more useful than ever before. I started the year giving a few talks at Lancaster University and one of the most interesting questions that I got asked and that propelled me through the year was from a student who maybe in her first year had been learning French for a year, had, was sort of facing all those questions that all of us face sometimes, the can I really do this question? And she asked me, you know, you've learned eight languages, you've been learning languages for 20 years, does it ever get easier? Does it ever get easier, guys? And that question kind of really brought me back into what matters the most and what, what I care about, what the best practices are that I want to share in language learning. And I wrote articles about that. I started thinking more about goals. I started thinking more about planning, tracking, and about reviews. And sort of slowly over the year, I built um, what I'm really proud of, which is the Language Habit Toolkit. And in the new year, I want to be sharing more about the habit formula, the habit toolkit, and why I believe so much in this concept of language habits. So that's kind of what 2017 somewhat surprisingly brought to me. Some core lesson there was that the best practices that we already use, the best practices that you read about, those kind of wisdoms they're not going anywhere. You know, language learning has not changed beyond recognition from what worked 50 or even 10 years ago. So a few tips there are, number one, ask yourself, ask yourself, really look into yourself and ask yourself, what is it that you want to achieve? You know, think about what you're learning your language for, what motivates you, set goals that are meaningful to yourself. Don't set goals that mean in the grand scheme nothing to you because you feel that you should achieve a certain level or you feel like you should, after one year of studying, do this and that. One of my pet hates is people saying, in order to make any progress in a language, you have to study for 10 hours a week or something like that. This is 
useful if you are trying to achieve a certain external level in a certain amount of time. And for some of you, that might be exactly the right advice, but it is just not universal advice. And it is not true that if you study fewer than 10 hours, which is absolutely unrealistic for so many of us, that you wouldn't be making progress. So I thought that was really something I want to encourage you to do. Sit down, you know, now it's the first day of the year. If you are maybe a little bit hungover, or if you're just resting and you've got a few more days before the hustle and bustle of the year gets going, think about what is it that you want to achieve. And a good practice from the language goals worksheet that I share is ask yourself, what do you want to achieve in the next 30 days? You know, let's not make, let's not too, go too crazy. Think about it in, in a massive way. Just think about what do you want to achieve in the next 30 days? And if that is a little bit further than where you are now, that's perfect. Tip number two is contribute, if you can, to your language learning community or to a language learning community out there. This could be a Facebook group. This could be simply as simple as getting in touch with speakers of your target language and remembering that you're not just here for linguistic verb and grammar drills and linguistic perfection, but what you're trying to do is intertwine your life with the lives of the people who speak your target language, who live a different life and to enrich your own area. You can do this, like I said, by finding speakers of your target language or just connecting with speakers of other languages. Meetups are great for this. If you have any access to language learning meetups or you may feel brave and kind of do your own. If you are in a classroom at the moment, perhaps in school, in university or in an adult college, reach out to those people and see if you can do something together. Or you may want to just like join a Facebook group and really contribute, answer people's questions, share your thoughts, perhaps comment on blogs and, you know, send an email to your favorite podcaster. I'm here <laughs> in case you want to send one. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a little bit of a cold. Really get involved in the community because it's going to be people that keep you going when things feel difficult and when it feels like the going gets tough. Tip number three flows from this, really, which is get out of the house and use what you know. Even if you cannot travel to a place where your target language is spoken, it may be that you can find someone and just help them learn a language and it'll help, it'll make you feel better about language learning. There are many, many, many people out there who either you feel they don't get it but may benefit from language learning in their own lives or there are people out there who want to learn a language and just can't quite get the same access. You know, they might not spend as much time on the internet. They might not know how to use a podcast as you. They may be wondering how or when or what, you know, go check out your local library, check out people who are learning a language, or look for people who speak your target language who will feel better for helping you. But try and get out of the house and use what you know. So this idea of contributing and giving back that is at the forefront of my mind right now. And I think it goes hand in hand with asking yourself what you want to achieve. Excuse me, I'll take a little sip of water. Now, another best practice I want to share with you is the idea of getting organized. I mentioned earlier the sense of the language habit formula. And that 
is is what I call it, but really it's a summary of best practices. And these best practices in language learning are the crucial step that you need as a self-learner. There are three steps to this. It's number one, plan. Set some good goals and think about how you're going to study. Number two, track. So just keep an eye on whether you're actually doing what you said you were going to do and keep an eye on what's difficult, you know, what's holding you back. If anything does hold you back, just, you know, watch and observe how you're getting on. And number three, review. I like to do this after 30 days, but more that more often than not, um, I might skip a month and do it after 60 days. And there is really a set of questions that you can ask yourself to think about what helped me this month what was too much was there a spanner in the works and which core skills out of listening speaking reading and writing did I train so ask yourself after a period of perhaps 30 perhaps 60 60 if you really know and feel confident about what you're doing perhaps even six months think about where you are right now what's working for you what's not working for you and get organized by cutting out things as well Setting goals in particular, I wanted to mention, because this has helped me get out of a zone where I was treading water in my language, Welsh. I have never studied a cell. I have never self-studied a language to this level. I have never self-studied a language to the kind of I am intermediate and I can have a conversation in this language level where I am settling in after two years of learning and really getting confident and I can totally do it I can totally do it I don't need a single class externally not really but what happens when I don't set goals is what say what happened to me in the month of November I practice I stay current I keep my habits going it's kind of bumbling and I sort of maintain what I'm learning while learning a word here and there and it sort of feels good you know it feels comfortable but what it doesn't feel is stretching. What it doesn't do is challenge me to actually learn anything new. So as I was noticing this in September, I sat down and I made sure to set new 30-day goals. I started with what's working for me right now. What am I doing right now that is working well? What is, you know, where am I falling short? What do I want to achieve in the next 30 days? Like, What am I not doing enough of? So I thought about what I was doing. I set some goals and I went back to the things that might be a little bit more challenging for me. Not uncomfortable, but just more challenging. Things like communication with real people. The next levels of the Say Something in Welsh course that I'm doing. Regular podcasts that I don't really understand. And any writing practice. These goals are important. They're not hard to incorporate, really. And they're helping me focus on what I want to get better at. And because they're always in front of me, after I wrote them down and really just documented what I was doing. I even shared them on my Instagram. Because they're always in front of me, there is much less space for me to start treading water, getting too comfortable and wasting time really in language learning. Not that I feel contact with your target language is ever a real waste of time. But if you want to feel accomplished, if you don't want to look back and think, oh my God, I've been learning this language for four years and I can't say anything because I haven't challenged myself to do it, then this is really the way forward. So in summary, some of my lessons from 2018 is that 
the best practices aren't going anywhere. You need to ask yourself what you want to achieve. You need to work with goals. You need to contribute to your language learning community. And if you come with the goal of trying to contribute, then you will find that language learning community as well. And you need to try, perhaps, to get out of the house and use what you know. And finally, the best practice that I have found and that I've really doubled down on in 2017 with the Language Habit Toolkit and everything I'm doing at the moment is this practice of planning, tracking and reviewing. And it's worked wonders for me and I've tried it with lots of other language learners and it's really delivering because it makes us feel more organized, more productive and a little less overwhelmed with so many resources and options and questions. Now, I want to give a shout out to a few of the cool things that happened in 2018. This year, I attended a bunch of language learning events, which really encouraged me to tell you guys, you know, do get out of the house, try. And I want to tell you about a few of them. Number one, I went to the Polyglot Gathering in Bratislava. And it was warm, it was busy, and it's a great little city to visit. Bratislava has a lot to offer. So, you know, if you've got time, go to Slovakia, definitely. The organization of the event was outstanding and there was a real sense of interest in every talk that I attended. They did a fantastic job running four different tracks. Four tracks is a lot, you know, to, to, to keep going. But as the language learner, it gives you so much choice and you really can think about, do I want to go and talk about and hear about cultural integration? Do I want to hear about the history of Bratislava? Do I want to hear a talk in a foreign language? Or do I want to hear about language learning mastery? And it was something for everybody. So I really want to commend the organizers, Lydia Machova and her team. Great, great job at the Polyglot Gathering. I've already got my tickets and I'm going to be back in 2018. Looking forward to it. The second event I want to tell you about is Langfest in Montreal. Langfest, it was my first time at this sort of Canadian festival. It was the second time it was held overall. And it was warm again, <laughs> a slightly smaller event and so many great volunteers. And what stood out to me about Langfest was that it was really media savvy. There was a live streaming of the talks. There was lots of web coverage and even a little podcasting room, podcasting studio. So thank you so much to the organizers for really thinking about how people cover events and who wants to talk to whom and the amount of recording that goes on at these kind of events. Montreal itself is an amazing city for any polyglot. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I recommend, if you haven't yet, check out Lindsay's co-host Lindsay's podcast, Language Stories. She has an episode about Montreal that I found very enjoyable. And I, again, will put that in the show notes and also the podcast episode for, it was called Audio Postcards from Langfest. So there were interviews and again, little clips and you will heard, hear a little bit of the talk about Quebecois and Quebecois swearing, <laughs> which was fascinating. So if you want to revisit Langfest or get an idea of what that event is like, I can, I've got a podcast episode in the show notes for you. And the final event I want to mention, and just generally smaller ones, because I know not all of you can afford to travel to lots of different polyglot events. I know not all of you have got the time or that you're just feeling shy 
about traveling to a huge polyglot event. Now, number one, if you are feeling shy, I'm, I will tell you that these events are extremely welcoming and I've spoken to many shy, introverted, quiet people who really enjoyed being there. So they're not as challenging as some of the very, very large conferences you may have been to. Um, but I also want to tell you about smaller meetup options. And this year I attended my first Languages of London meetup. Languages of London is a much, much smaller event, maybe 20, 25 people. And it's essentially billed as language lovers going to the pub together. There is absolutely no obligation to speak any of your target languages. There's often not even an obligation to talk about language learning exclusively. It's just a way for language lovers to connect and to learn more about each other. Sadly, this event doesn't seem to come together too much outside of London. When I lived in Northern England, I was a little bit involved in trying to get a Manchester chapter going and that never really did get going. <laughs> but what I found as I moved here to the southeast of England, to Canterbury, I found that holding a little Welsh meetup wasn't actually as difficult. So perhaps lead with the language you're learning, even if it's an unusual language and Welsh is around here. You know, lead with that language, just put up a meetup. It doesn't have to be 25 people and you will still get a lot out of simply connecting with them and feeling like you are not alone. I have a blog article, again, in the show notes for you that recommends more polyglot events and gives a few more tips on Facebook groups where you can find like-minded people, perhaps to get something going together. Now, here are my hopes, sort of coming back to where I started out, my hopes for 2018. I've got three big hopes, uh, three big thoughts for where I want to be heading next and what I want to be involved in with you guys. Number one is that the Language Habit Toolkit will enter its next stage. There is an upgrade coming up to you, but I'm also thinking about what, how can I make this more useful how can I make this work more for you guys? So I'm thinking about, could I make it into a community, into a printed product? You know, like where is this heading next? So those thoughts are on my mind right now. And one of my absolute dreams was always to have a language learning notebook that guides me through the language learning process. And that's what I'm going to attempt this year. So wish me luck and please tell me what you think of the idea, because I, this is the first time I've shared it publicly. So I'm a little bit nervous. Number two is that this podcast is going to keep going and there will be a little bit of an evolution. I'm hoping for um, so collaborations with radio stations. I'm hoping for a few new segments, perhaps some new music and there might even be a new name. Maybe we'll have a proper hashtag. I don't know. But if you're a creative language learning podcast fan, I promise you 2000 ST, 2000. 18 is not going to disappoint. And finally, I will be looking at more events and how I can support my local, my national and the global language learning community and bring more people together in person. I think this has been a continuous theme of the polyglot world is that when we are together offline, when we leave the house and get together, we are stronger, better, happier, <laughs> And, and we just we just get a bit of a break from all that screen time or book time of language learning. So it's really important and I want to be involved in that. Now, the Creative Language Learning Podcast. Let me end on that note. 
me take a sip of water first. The Creative Language Learning Podcast came back this year. And I want to take a minute to say to you, listener, who is listening to this right now, thank you so much for finding this show, for downloading it, for listening to it in whichever app you are using, for giving feedback, for tweeting, for writing me an email, reviewing, however you got involved in the show. I hope you got a lot out of it. I hope it gave you encouragement and entertainment and a bit of fun. And I want to tell you how much I appreciate you listening because without you listening, this show would have never come back from hiatus. I didn't miss it bad, but it's no good without listeners. So I appreciate you so, so much. Thank you. You are extremely valued. I also want to thank the wonderful guests I had on this show this year. And they were Madeleine Vatkerti and Marianne Mantz from the episode about using languages for good. Gabriel Weiner, who created the most, what is it, the highest funded language learning app on Kickstarter of all time. He raised a lot of money. He's got a lot of expectations to fulfill. And he really will live up to that. So that was a fantastic interview. Chuck Smith, the creator of the Esperanto Duolingo course and the Amikumu app, who came to talk about finding friends in language learning and who is one of my language learning friends. So really appreciated Chuck. And two more of my language learning friends, who I so appreciate, came onto the show and they were Chris Broholm from the Actual Fluency podcast and Shannon Kennedy from Eurolinguist.com. I also want to thank our sponsor, Clothesmaster, and any future sponsors who have shown an interest in supporting our show. And I want to give a real special thank you to Lindsay Williams, the most exciting, reliable, interesting, dedicated, and just fun co-host that I could possibly wish for. I'm so glad that Lindsay is on board doing this show with me. She always brings something interesting and I'm so, so looking forward to bringing her back in the next episode. That's Lindsay, you know, without you, this show wouldn't be the same. Thank you so, so much. Now, to you, listener, I want to wish you a wonderful start into the new year. Remember to plan, track, review, to use your four core skills of listening, speaking, reading and writing, and to just take it easy and don't let anybody else tell you how you should learn a language. Please review the podcast if you enjoyed this episode or any past episode or if you think you might enjoy a future episode. Please leave us a review on the podcast's app. Look out for more episodes. They're coming to you in January and I cannot wait to spend my 2018 with you. <laughs>